presence there is fullness of joy. In his presence there is healing, peace. Everything that we need is in his presence. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated today. Let's thank God today for an opportunity to worship corporately together. Amen. We only get 52 Sundays a year. We need to take advantage of that, right? Amen. It's whenever I talk to parents about the importance of having their kids in church, and you look at it and you only have 52 Sundays a year, and at best 18 years to do that, uh, it's a very small time compared to life as to how many opportunities that we have to show them the importance of kingdom. And uh, so it's um, so important that we come together. I want to talk to you this morning. I, I want to share this word with you out of Genesis chapter 27. I won't read the entire story, but for the sake of time, we'll look at verses 38 through 40 perhaps this morning, um, and there's some things here that I want to share with you over the next uh, few weeks. I'm not sure exactly how long that'll take, but I want to uh, share with you from this story here today. It's probably a very familiar scripture uh, and story to you many years ago, back in probably the um, late 90s, I guess it was, mid-night, late 90s, I uh, preached a message on Mother's Day from this text and uh, called it Bad Mothers, right? Because Rebecca was a bad mother. Now, I ain't, I ain't even saying that like cussing, you understand? She was just a bad mother. She uh, had handed off some traits to her children that needed not to be, and so... Uh, Whenever you look through the scriptures, there's not only good examples, but there's bad examples, and Rebecca just happens to be one of those, uh, and so uh, it's a way not to be. But I want to look here this morning, and uh, I believe it was in 2004 that I preached uh, from this context, but uh, I want it's been stirring in me, and I want to share some things with you from it here today. I, excuse me, Genesis chapter 27, verse 38. And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. And as the dew of heaven from above, by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Amen. This is the blessing that Esau receives on the foothills of his father's deception. Right? We uh, know that God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
but it should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, right? But the deception took place, and we see that uh, in this story that, that um, Rebecca, his mother, tells here overhears the, the conversation between Isaac and Esau and uh, desires a, a meal of venison, of deer, before he passes. And he says, the time is short, it's coming upon us. And he said, I want you to go into the field and get uh, some uh, deer and, and make that stew that you make and, and bring it to me. And, and he said, and let me enjoy that. And then I'll speak the blessing over your life. I'll transfer the, the blessing over on you. And Rebecca overhears this. And so she goes uh, to uh, Jacob and tells him, says, hey, I've overheard this conversation of your father. And he is wanting some stew. And he, she says, now, what I want you to do is go out into um, the, the field over here and get a goat. Right? Because a goat is a domesticated deer. And said, we're going to cook that up. They're going, he's going to think it's the, the deer. And he says, well, well, mom said he's going to know the difference between me and Esau because he's hairy. Right? And uh, she says that I'm going to use that goat's hair to deceive him. Now, I don't know how y'all read, but I, I read that and I think that's got to be one hairy boy. She's going to take that goat hair and put on there and deceive him. But that's just the way I read it. But anyways, he did what she said. They went out and killed the goat, made the stew, brought it in to Isaac. And, and Isaac, is um, he is uncertain about all of this. He, he says, you got the voice of Jacob, but it feels like Esau. Uh, he smells him. He smells like uh, the woods, and so he begins to speak the blessing. And once the blessing is released, the blessing is irrevocable, right? And so uh, that is what we, uh, on the foothills of that, is what we are reading today because uh, whenever Esau comes in, he comes in with the deer, he comes in with the food, and he brings it into his, his father Isaac, and Isaac immediately knows that he has been deceived, and he says, but, but I, can't, I, I can't reverse the blessing. I've given your, the blessing to your brother and, you, uh, and I, I've caused him to be over you. I've caused him to be over all of these people and there's nothing I can do about it. And so that's, that's the context of this scripture today. But I believe in destiny. Some people speak of destiny as if it is so fragile that one mistake will destroy it forever. I do not believe that. And while I do not give license to people to do their own will, neither do I believe that you missing God in one season or one place in your life is going to excommunicate you from the will and the plan of God for your life. Because I believe that destiny is not something that you are uh, coming up with in your own mind. Destiny is something that God created you for. And destiny is not a place in the future. Destiny is something, uh, I'll say it this way, destiny is not just something in the future. But destiny is your everyday walk. 
I believe that Joseph was just as much in his destiny when he was in the prison as he was in the palace. That he was walking this thing out and it, the process of it, and a lot of people want to take the process out. They want to get you from, you know, from uh, the promise to the palace, but there is a process that you go through in your life. And a lot of preachers don't want to talk about the process because it's not, it don't, it don't feel good. But it is the process that prepares you for the destiny that God has for you. But it is in that moment that you are now living that is part of your destiny. Amen. For every season there is an anointing and a blessing that is set for you in your life for where you are in the now. There is a grace that is given. There is a level of anointing for where you are. And you don't have to get to the place of destiny or the fulfillment of it for you to see that level of grace and anointing. It is day by day as you're walking it out wherever you are. If it is the prison, if it's Potiphar's house or wherever it is, God graces you with an anointing to be able to fulfill your destiny today. Amen. And so it's in getting to where God wants you to go. You can look at people in a season of their life. And when you look at them from the outside, you ask yourself the question, how are they getting through? How are they making it? But they're getting through because God has given them a grace for the season they're in. Amen. He's given them a grace for the season that they're in. And so whenever God has given you a grace for that season, then he will give you the ability to be able to not only deal with that season, but be victorious in that season. Amen. That's, that's what will cause you to praise God when you're coming out of a season and you look back over your life and you don't even know yourself how you got through it. Amen. You look back and you cannot explain to people and say, well, it's because I knew this, that, and the other, and it's because I did this right here, and I knew that if I did this, this was going to... No, no. You didn't know none of that. All you knew was is you, you were in a, a place where that God had to sustain you, that God would bring you through, and because of His grace for the moment, you were able to overcome and deal with and accomplish a thing in your life that would prepare Prepare you for the greater future. Amen. Esau speaks to me of a person that missed their blessing, their grace for a season that they were in. There's nothing more frustrating than not knowing or understanding the season that you're in. If you don't know what season you're in, you will become frustrated and you will feel like that you're a failure when you're really succeeding. If you don't know where you are and the season you're in, you will, you will, you will think that you're supposed to be producing uh, a harvest whenever it is time to plant seed. If you don't know what season you're in, you will try to pick fruit that is still green. And it does not accomplish anything. 
And so you become frustrated thinking that you're supposed to be getting one thing when the reality, you're, you are, uh, it is another season, another time. And so you are being faithful, you're being uh, productive, you're being fruitful in the season you're in. But because you think you're in another season, the enemy will use it against you to make you feel like you're failing. He knew his father was ready to die, Esau. He knew his father was ready to die and that his father was getting ready to pass the blessing. They were all hanging around the house and Jacob and his mother were scheming. <laughs> they was trying to figure out how to get the blessing. How can we get what what doesn't belong to us, but, but how do we get it anyhow? And Esau gets distracted. It's critical that in times of your life, when there is about to be a transition or a shift, that you remain focused on destiny. You gotta stay laser focused because here Esau knows that the blessing is about to be transferred. He knows that, that his father is about to open his mouth and speak for the last time. This is a defining moment. This is a moment that can never be uh, replaced. It can never be duplicated. This moment is a moment of transition and shift from one generation to another generation. And, and Esau knows it. But he loses focus and is distracted in this time of his life. And you must stay focused in the time of your destiny. Esau was out hunting for the thing and so, that he sold his birthright for. Right? He comes in from hunting and sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. And, 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 and he's out hunting one day. And I know hunting is a lot harder work than some People know if you haven't ever done it it's a lot of fun but it can be a lot of work but I can't understand hunting one day and selling your birthright for a bowl of soup I've had some good soup but I ain't never had nothing like that because you see he, he, he sells out his birthright for a bowl of soup I want to take it a little further he, he, he leaves the house of blessing looking for something that is already in the house his brother, is, with his mother's help of course, his brother finds in the house or at the house what he is out searching for. And if you're not careful, the enemy will take you on a wild goose hunt. Right? Anybody ever been snipe hunting? The enemy will get you out snipe hunting, get you out on a wild goose chase, get you out looking for something that is already in the house. Amen. And that's what happened to Esau. His brother, with his mother's help, understood that what his father wanted was in the house or outside the house. And while Esau is going looking for it. Amen. 
And I've got more to say about this just a little later, but what I want to say here today is, just as the enemy is working in this house of Isaac and, and Esau and, and Jacob and Rebekah, the enemy is working in your house to get you distracted so that you feel that you have to go somewhere else to find what God has already put in your house. And this was not the first time the enemy played this trick on man. This is something that happened from the very first beginnings of Adam and Eve. Right? You remember the conversation between Eve and the devil? And, 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 and he has all of these other trees, eat of the tree of life, eat of the tree of, of all of these trees. They're all available to you, but don't eat of this one tree. And the enemy comes and speaks to her and says, the reason he doesn't want you eating of that tree is because he knows you will become like him. Right? When the reality was they were already like him. But the enemy wants to distract you. He wants to deceive you to make you believe and go hunting for something that you already have in your grasp. You, you already have in your life. And if he can get you distracted chasing snipes, if he can get you distracted on a goose chase, then he can deceive you to a place that you miss the time of transfer. You miss the time of blessing. The enemy knows that the father is about to speak a blessing over your life. And when he does, it's irrevocable. And that's the reason why you cannot afford to be distracted. <laughs> I've seen the enemy use this tactic over and over again over the past 35 years. Just about the time of breakthrough, people get distracted. They miss, their, they miss their harvest moment. They miss their miracle moment. They miss their breakthrough moment because they have been faithful. Uh, they, they have said under years of sound teaching and doctrine, they, their time of blessing has now come. There is about to be a transfer. There is about to be a shift. And, and they sell everything for a bowl of soup. Amen. But you've got to love Esau. Because Esau comes in and he and his father cries out with this uh, blood curling cry because he knows that he has been deceived. Esau comes and he says, he says, here it is, father, just like you asked for it. And he said, well, who was this that I've just ate all of theirs? And he knows that he has been deceived, right? He knows that he has, he has been fooled. He has been tricked by his brother. And so we look and we see that when he does this, Jacob does this, that he, Esau says, I, I understand you, you've given this blessing to Jacob, but don't you have nothing for me? Is there only one blessing? Do you not have nothing else that you can bless me with? Now I want to say today that these, the blessings of God do not stop with generation, but it runs from generation to generation. Amen. He, God is a multi-generational God.
And so everything that, that Isaac has learned is about to be transferred to another generation. His wisdom, his understanding, his power, his, his finances, everything that he has about knows about God is about to be released into another generation. And it is at that moment that they, the, the enemy comes and deceives him to, to, to miss the moment of transfer. This is so powerful because we don't have to keep missing miracle moments. We don't have to keep missing opportunities of blessing. We don't have to keep missing the time or the season. But yet because we have missed them in the past doesn't mean they're not going to come again. Albert Einstein, how many know he was a theologian? <laughs> Just joking. But he does make this statement. He says, the significant problems that we face cannot be solved at the same level we're at when we created them. The significant problems that we face cannot be solved at the same level that we're at when we created them. Part of the problem at the last level and in fact, on every level of God, and we, we have limitations, right? We are limited, and we make decisions based upon what we know and the information that we have or the revelation that we have, right? And whenever we make bad decisions, based upon the revelation that we have or what we know or the, the understanding that we have because how many would agree with me we're not going to make a decision and that decision we're just going to say well we're not going to uh, we're not going to use our wisdom we're not going to use our knowledge we're not going to use our revelation we're just going to make a bad decision right here <coughs> excuse me people don't do that we don't do that Right? We make the best decisions that we can with the information that we have, with the revelation that we have, and the problems that we have now on this season or this level that we're on, we, we've made those decisions based upon everything that we know, everything at our disposal. So we cannot, when it ends up being a bad decision, we cannot change it with the same knowledge or revelation that we now have. So what must change? What must change is, is we have to go to another level of information or better, another rev level of revelation. And whenever we have that information or revelation, then we can reach back into that old level and say we're not going to make that same mistake again. Amen. We're not going to do that again. We're not going to say that again. We're not going to allow that to happen again because now I've got new revelation. I've got more information. And so I'm going to be able to make when that thing comes around again, that situation comes around again, I'm not going to make the same mistake that I have made in days past because I've got a re greater revelation of God. I've got greater wisdom 
wisdom of his word. I've got better understanding of what is going on in my life. And this is, my brothers and sisters, the reason why we don't have to keep going around this mountain. We don't have to keep on staying in the same place that we've been all of our lives. But because we have got a fresh revelation of who Jesus is, we know his word better in our lives. We've applied it to our lives. Now we can make a better decision than we did in the last time that it came around. Amen. And God gave the children of Israel direction on where they were to go and how they were to go through the land when they went through the wilderness, right? <clears throat> the Bible teaches them that they were to have the ark in the middle of, of uh, the children of Israel. There was tribes to the north, tribes to the south, the east, and the west. And so they would move simultaneously through the wilderness. And as they moved, they were in the form of a cross walking through the wilderness. If you was to look at it at an aerial vision, it would look like a cross right in the middle of the wilderness. With the promise, with the ark right in the center of it. And so when they was walking through the land, the, the first tribe that was in the north was that of Judah. Judah would always go first. Judah was the praisers. Judah was the people that would open up the next level to them where they would go into a new season of their life. And I want to say to you today that if you do not learn to praise beyond where you are, you will stay where you are. You've got to learn how to praise God for what you have not yet retained. You've got to learn how to thank God for the things in your life that have not yet become uh, fully into your hands. But you go ahead and thank him in advance for what he is going to do. Amen. And so when we do that, when we thank God, not because of our failure, not because, because you see, if you always looking backward, if you're always looking to the things that you messed up on if you're always looking behind you you will become depressed and overwhelmed with a spirit of depression but you've got to get your eyes off of where you have been and you've got to get your eyes into where you are going and begin to thank God that there is a better day come on somebody that there is a better season in my life that yes this is reality I'm not trying to escape reality yes I have failed in this level Yes, I have made mistakes in this level. I've made decisions that I wish I could change, but I cannot change them. But I can get another revelation. I can get a fresh touch of his word in my life. I can understand his promises better. And I can lay claim and hold on to them. And I can begin to praise him for the promise that is ahead. And I can know him in a greater level, in a greater dimension, so that when the enemy comes, comes around to deceive me again he may decide to deceive me but the door he came in last time is going to be a brick wall because I'm sealing that thing up with the word of God with the promises of God and I will not be deceived in the same way again amen man the first tribe that moves through the land is the tribe of Judah Judah goes first Praise is the plow. It plows through. This speaks to me and says that when you're going into a new level of praise, you have to praise God for what you have yet retained. Can you trust him 
to thank him for what you have not yet received. You can praise your way out of things that you cannot figure out. And you can praise your way into things that have not yet been opened to you. Let me say it another way. If you don't get your praise out in front of you, thank him. Learn how to thank him on faith. Learn how to praise him on purpose. Then you will never retain everything God has for you. Judah's the first tribe. It goes in front and on every new piece of ground Praise is heard before any other tribe gets there. The last tribe that comes through the land is the tribe of Dan. It is to the south, it is to the far end. In fact, they're the last ones to come through the land. And, land, and Dan is the, is the, the uh, tribe of judges. And so it speaks to me that, that Dan comes through and before you can close the door on the last season of your life, before you, and it is important to close doors. Amen. I said it is important to close doors because if you don't close doors, things that you thought you left, it'll show up in your living room again. Amen. How many have been raised up in a place and they said, were you born in a barn but you know to shut the door right and it is spiritually as well if you do not shut the door things that you thought you would overcome victories that you've accomplished will show up in your living room unannounced spiritually speaking and be a surprise to you things you thought were over will come back in and Dan's job is to go and, and to come through the land after all of the other tribes have come through. And Dan's job is to judge. Right? To judge that level that we've been through. And so you, you must look at your last level and say, what did I do wrong? I did this right here right, and I did this here pretty good, but this here, it's got to go, and, and I can't be doing that anymore, and, and I've, I've got to release this, and I've got to learn more about this right here, and I've got to make better decisions over here. And, and, if you, and as we go through that process, you've got to learn from it. I don't believe it's ever a failure if you learn from it. If you learn from it, then you, you get, have a greater victories. If you learn from it, it doesn't matter the pain that you went through, but don't go through the pain and don't learn anything. Right? And so they go through the process, they go through the season, and then Dan comes and judges it and says, we got to do this better, you've got to stop doing this, you've got you've to add to this over here, you've got to learn more about this. And then as Dan comes through, then Dan shuts the door behind them. Till that season of their life is over and done. Because how many know who the accuser of the brethren is? It's not God. Huh? 
And God's not going to be bringing up where you made mistakes and where you failed and where you've sinned. He's not going to be bringing up things of your past. But it is the accuser of the brethren that goes back into your yesterday, brings it into your today, and accuses you for what you're going to do tomorrow. Amen. But the reality of it is when Dan shuts the door on that season of our lives spiritually, then it has no ability to come back into our life. I want you to see one more thing before we go home today. After Isaac had spoken this blessing over Jacob, the supplanter, Jacob, the trickster, he realizes the mistake that he made when Esau comes into the room with this bowl of soup. And Esau says to him, don't you have another blessing? Can't, say something, do something. And it is then that he speaks this word that we released or spoke here today. He releases this word over him. And he says to him, he says, look, it isn't going to be easy. But I have only, he says, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then Isaac, the father, answered and said to him, behold, this is the blessing he's about to release upon him. He said, behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. And your sword shall let you live and you shall serve your brother. Right? And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from off of your neck. <clears throat> so he says you're going to eat of the fat of the land. And he says, the, the bad thing here is, is I cannot revoke the blessing that I have put upon your brother. And so, therefore, you are going to be under his yoke. You're going to be under his, his bondage, if you will. He is going to rule over you. But he says, it's going, that is going to take place until you become restless. Amen. Until you become restless. And I want to say to you today that as long as we are comfortable where we are, we will never go to the next season or the next level in the kingdom of God. If you are comfortable with your your. Uh, sin, if you're comfortable with your failure, if you're comfortable with, with whatever it is in your life that, that, it, that it keeps retaining you, that keeps holding you back, that keeps you where you are with God and you don't go any further in God, you don't pursue God anymore, you don't have a passion for the things of the Spirit anymore if you are satisfied and settled with where you are then you will never be able to break that bondage from off of your life but he tells him he says Jacob the very moment that you become restless
The very moment that you become dissatisfied, the very moment that you... I thank God today for a spiritual restlessness. I thank the God today the Holy Spirit will come and cause you to become uncomfortable and become restless with where you are. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with where you are, but it is not where God is calling you to. There's more of God. There's more of His presence. There is a greater revelation for you, a greater understanding for you that He says, I have got more for you than this right here. You don't have to live in this yoke of bondage you don't have to live with this yoke around your neck right because a yoke you know what a yoke is right it takes it it is a a yoke of oxen it is a yoke that is put around the neck and they all are going the same direction you have to where one goes they both have to go and it is saying here that he's saying look wherever Jacob goes you've got to go wherever whatever Jacob does you've got to do but if you ever get sick and tired of following Jacob around whenever you get restless inside of you when you get uncomfortable with where you are he said at that moment I'm promising you Isaac that there's going or Esau that there's going to come an anointing that's going to destroy that yoke praise God I want to say to you today could it be the reason why that we have not received the anointing to break the yoke and to remove the burden is because we're too comfortable with where we are we're satisfied with where we are we're complacent with where we are we've got a spirit of uh, just being satisfied and and mediocrity in our life but I want to declare to you today whenever you get uncomfortable with where you are when you're not satisfied with knowing him any longer on the same level that you know him when you're tired of making the same mistake over and over again and need more information and revelation in your life and that the Bible said to him he said at that moment the spirit of God the anointing of the Lord is going to come upon your life I declare to you today when you get uncomfortable and dissatisfied with the mess that you're in that moment the anointing of the Lord is going to come upon your life to break that yoke and to release you into a new season a new dimension a new revelation a new understanding where you can do all be all and accomplish all that God has ordained for your life if you believe it give him praise here this morning the word restless here means dominion you must rule over the dominion that you're in And the only way you can rule over the dominion that you're in is to get restless with where you are and release a praise into your future. And it'll bring you into new ground, new understanding, new revelation. And let Dan shut the door on the last season of your life and say, I'm never going back there again. Amen. It's more than a declaration because many of us have made declarations before that says I'm not going to go go back there anymore. And six months later we find ourselves at the same tree. Doing the same thing. Amen. Whenever I was a kid, dad and I, we'd coon hunt a lot. And uh, one night in the middle of 
uh, a place, it was summertime, and I found a blackberry uh, patch there that had all kinds of big old blackberries. So I went home and I told granddad about it. I said, I, I found some blackberries last night. He said, let's go get them. We went and got them. I took him right to where they were. We filled our buckets full of blackberries. It was time to go home. I took him home. I'd been through there uh, all, a lot of times, in the dark, whatever. Been through it a lot of times. And in a little bit, I couldn't, you know, we just seemed like we kept on getting further and further, and it just longer and longer to the house. And Granddad looked at me, and he said, Son, he said, we're lost. I said, we ain't lost. He said, yes, so we lost. said, we done come by that tree three times. I said, all right, all right. I said, but we're not lost. I just don't know where I'm at. <laughs> Sometimes in our spiritual life, we just don't know where we're at. We get confused. We get frustrated by the moment. And what the enemy knows better than we do sometimes, it's a moment of transition. It's a moment of, of shifting. It's a moment of going, if whatever you want to call it, from one level to another. It's a moment of generational, multi-generational or generational blessing that is being released onto our life, right? And the enemy knows it far well that if you ever receive that blessing, that inheritance, there's nothing that can revoke it. So he fights us with everything that is in him at that moment to try to stop us from going to that place of getting a better, greater revelation of who Jesus is, a better understanding of his word so he can keep us bound under the yoke of a deceiving Jacob. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to live in a spirit of deception. I don't want to live under a spirit of, of just thinking that everything is all right when it's not. And I don't want to live in a place that I feel like that I'm overwhelmed and then I just keep on living in a life of overwhelm. I want to get to know God more because the decisions that I made today, I made out of the best that I knew, the intellect, my mind, my spirit, everything that I had. I've made that decision and yet I made it wrong. So how do I change that? I got to know more. I got to know his word more. I've got to know him more. And in that revelation, darkness can only endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. What brings the morning? Fresh new revelation brings morning and turns your morning into dancing and your sorrow into joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's what I got for you today. Well, I've got more, but I thought I would just start unpacking it today. I think there's something for this generation, for our season, our now in the body of Christ, and this is what stirred in my heart, the reason that I'm revisiting this this many years later, is I feel like that we're at a season and a pivotal point 
spiritually and in our nation when we've got to learn who we are and we've got to have a hunger for more of the things of God because what the church has been will not be victorious in what the church must be. We've got to be more. Amen. I don't know, I feel like most people would agree with me, but what the American church has become is not what God wants for America. Neither has what the church become worked. If, the church, if what the church had bec has become in America would have worked, then we would have this place full to capacity two or three times and lives would be changed and people would be hungry to know God. I think they're looking for God, but they don't know where to find him. And we got to make some changes so we don't make the same mistake in this season that we've made in the past. So we can be the people of God that God has intended us to be. Am I making any sense today? driving this week and doing some traveling, a little bit of traveling one day and I won't go into all of our conversation but I'll just tell you the gist of it and that is this, that we've invested so much of our lives into seeing the move of God and an last day outpouring of the move of God. And after you've got so much invested, you sure don't want to miss the moment. <clears throat> now, I'm not complaining a bit. I, I feel, I know some people say they've lost so much preaching the gospel. That ain't me. I've been so blessed preaching the gospel and so grateful and honored to do so. But it hasn't always been easy but I've done my best. Sometimes I've ran, sometimes I've leaped, and sometimes I've just had to put one foot in front of the other. But I've done my best to keep going. And we've done that now for over 35 years. And I believe today that the promises of God are greater than they've ever been. But what has been declared and what I believe that God wants for his church, Brother Gary, don't look nothing like what we're going through right now. I don't know what it'll take for the American church to wake up. <laughs> I don't know what it'll take to see a renewal, a great awakening. But I do know this, that if we do not have it, America is in trouble. Because the only answer for America now, my brothers, and it's not even political. 
The only thing that is going to change America and make a paradigm shift in this nation today is there's got to be a great awakening. And it's not going to start in the world. It's got to start in his house. And we can't keep making the same mistakes, going around the same mountain week after week, month after month, year after year. There's got to be a shift to where we're going and we've got to get a new revelation of who he is so we can be all, do all, and accomplish all that he has for us. That's my heart. That's my heart. I want to see him high and lifted up and he's trained feeling the temple, don't you? Praise God. Would you stand with me today, please? Amy, sing a little bit. Let's make this our declaration today.